It's that time again. Time for the Invest Well Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall, joined with Mr. Randy Cook. We're talking about some exciting things this show, Randy. We're talking about legacy. That's not the Subaru legacy that I used to drive. <laughs> it, you know, when I was. I in, can't even picture a Subaru yeah. <laughs> legacy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. The only thing I can remember about a Subaru legacy is in my shocks went out in the back. And I was driving home from uh, Virginia. I was in college at Liberty at the time, and the shocks went out, and it was raining, did a little hydroplaning, and I did two 360s on the highway. <laughs> Praise God, I didn't hit anybody or hit anything, and it was just, it was amazing oh how we were okay. But yeah, we're not talking about a Subaru legacy. We're talking about your legacy plan, and what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, and this is something that often is not thought of or you know, maybe not addressed, let me say it that way, until someone is older in life. And I think this is something, Randy, that we need to be thinking about sooner than later, because really we all are in a situation where we're susceptible to the uncertainties of life. I don't know that a lot of people connect this with financial planning, but it certainly is an arm yeah. of what you do yeah. is, you know, once you get investments in place and protection and we talk about risk and we talk about all the different things, then it is, what if you're not here? Where does this money go? Yeah. And that's a, that's a big piece of the puzzle. That's a big piece of the puzzle. Well, I mean, here's here's absolute one guarantee. If you don't do any legacy planning, if you don't do any tax planning, if you don't do any advanced tax planning, the nice thing is, is there is a neat little wrap it in a bow opportunity where your money, if you don't have any real plans, will go a lot of it to the federal government. <laughs> Isn't so, that nice? <laughs> Uncle Sam says, listen, if you haven't created a plan, we already got one in place for you, baby. So we'll take that money or most of it or a lot of it. And uh, thank you. And, there, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that goes down. But this yeah. is really an important conversation because we got to be thinking of these things and, and what that looks like. You know, I'll use myself as an example. So I'm younger. I'm 42 years old. Some people would say that's old. Others would say that's younger. And so, you know, I've been married as I've shared since 2001. And we have four children. Right now, those kids are younger, right? So if, if my wife and I were to pass away, we want to make sure that there's a plan in place. So they not only have someone that's going to take care of them, but also so that way the finances and the wealth that that person would receive doesn't ruin their life at 18, 19, et cetera. And so, you know, what we've done as a, as a quick, just simple example is we basically have set things up in such a way that the will and things that we've created will then facilitate and move to a trust. And there's directives in there that essentially say, if we were to pass early and the kids were still under the age of 18, that whoever is taking care of our children, which just so happens to be my brother-in-law and sister, they would receive interest only from the wealth or from the investments and, and things like that, our net worth. So they would receive interest from those, from those investments. And then when each child, we have four of them, when each child turns 18, each child would get their percentage. It's simple because there's four. They'd get 25% mm-hmm. of the interest on the investments, right? And they would get that every single year until they're 25. And then when they hit 25, they would be in a situation where they would get 50% of the total value at the age of 25. Are you with me? Yep. I wanted to do it that way because that way they're getting their interest from 18 to 20, 25, you know, where they're kind of learning and college doing years. college years, yes. et cetera. Okay. And then when they get to 25, I thought, okay, let's give them 50% of the value, right? And if it's, you know, it's going to be probably a fairly significant value. It is now and will even grow, Lord willing. So now what happens is they get this value 
And maybe they go blow it. They're like, I want to buy a Ferrari. I want to buy a house. I want to travel the world. I want to do all these things because they're only 25 years old. Maybe they do that. Maybe they don't. Hopefully they're more you know, wise in the process. Maybe they're like, I'm just going to retire. <laughs> I don't know. But the point is they're in a situation where they received a, a sum of money at 25. They could go blow it if they wanted to, but they only got 50% of their value, mm-hmm. their total value. And then the other 50% is kicked to them at the age of 30. Okay. And the goal there is, is so hopefully they're in a place where, you know, from 25 to 30, when they got the larger chunk, right, instead of just interest, they're in a place where if they did blow money and do things that was not wise financially, they right, can make some mistakes, they can make some mistakes and they still didn't blow their entire inheritance. Got it. Okay. So it's the idea of saying, well, geez, you're only 42, Mike, at this age, 2019, December, I'm recording this. That seems like a little in depth. Well, I think it's just preparing in advance. And I think that's something we got to do. I am surprised, Randy, how many families that we meet with that come into the office for a second opinion on their wealth. And just a lot of times their reason is, is they want to reduce their, their risk. They want to reduce their taxes. They, they maybe they feel like they're not being listened to or, you know, whatever else it may be, whether they're coming into the office or they're, you know, living in another state and we're doing a zoom meeting or something like that. The point is I'm surprised how many people don't really have things set up on the legacy side. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a stat here that I have. 60% of Americans don't have a will. Yeah. I mean, that's the simple one. That's this the directions when you die. Yeah. But what about while you're alive? I yeah. mean, there's a lot of legal papers. You sit down with an attorney and they say, well, do you have a power of attorney? Yeah. Do you have a medical directive? Do you have a durable power of attorney? Yeah. There's a lot of different legal documents that should probably be there while you're alive to protect. This is another way to protect your money. It really is, Randy. And you know, where this came from, I think, not just came from, but why it's become a big issue today is we all may remember the Terry Schiavo case, right? Where she had some health situations and just was basically a vegetable for a long period of time. And there wasn't any directives written as saying, Hey, you know, I don't want to just be on life support for 20 years, Mm -hmm. so to speak. She wasn't 20 years, but as an example. And so from that perspective, you know, that can really be an emotional roller coaster for the family that's left behind. God forbid you're in an accident. God forbid you know, something happens, you end up having a stroke or a seizure, you know, something happens health-wise at a younger age or whatever it may be, and you don't have any of those directives. So I think a couple things that you need to think about for sure, I think definitely you need to think about having a will. I think that's just a base bare bones. They're fairly inexpensive. You can get a will done. You can get a power of attorney done, durable power of attorney, you know, medical directives as well, all of these things. So that way, God forbid something happens to you, you lose your mind or you're in an accident, you're incapacitated to some degree you have someone else that you've already directed that they can step in and make decisions on your behalf. Someone obviously that you trust, that you care about, that understands who you are. Those are a couple things that I think every person need to have. And obviously you can find the right attorney. We have attorneys that we interact and connect with that do a good job of really articulating what's necessary and asking the right questions to do that. And that's important. So when you start talking about building a trust, a will is something that you pass away. Yeah. These are my wishes now that I'm gone. Yeah. A trust is something completely different. Yeah. And people may think that you have to have great wealth in order to need a trust or build a trust. Not necessarily true. Right. You need to fund your trust. Right. You need to sit down with somebody and talk about how this money is going to be disseminated and at what point. And a lot of the families that we might interact and connect with that have more wealth, we'll call that, you know, three, five million, ten million or more, they're in a situation where a lot of times they will have a trust. Now, it is important that those trusts are evaluated on a regular basis and making sure that we understand, do any directives need to be changed, have goals changed for the family? 
you know, the benefit of owning a trust, you got revocable and irrevocable trust, right? And the revocable trust, a lot of people think, and by the way, this is one caution as you're listening to this out there. There's some attorneys that might say, hey, you got to get a, a revocable trust, revocable trust, this, this, this. And maybe the assumption is that by having that, you'll be able to protect your assets from like long-term care costs and things like that. That's incorrect. They're not going to protect against those things because it's revocable. It's accessible. You can change things in it. An irrevocable trust is such that, you know, you don't have the access that you would have had with the other type of a trust. You're also in a situation where it's exempt from those types of issues. So you're literally in a place where you can protect the assets from things like that. Now, you still falls in the parameter from like long-term care costs and things still falls in the parameter of look back periods, you know, which are typically five to seven years, et cetera. And again, I don't want to go too far into the weeds there, but it's just understanding what you have, why you have what you have, what's your desire. Maybe, you know, we talked a little bit off air, Randy, the fact that you might love your kids, but you really love your grandkids. Oh yeah, you're in love with your grandchildren. So you've given your kids an awful lot. You've sent them through college. You've helped them set up. A certain amount of your wealth has come their way. And now you're saying, I want to make sure that my grandchildren yeah. also get some of this. Yeah. Generation skipping trust. Yeah, and that can be something that could be appropriate. I mean, it, it, maybe that's the right setup. Maybe it's not. Maybe you put directives in there so that way things are set up correctly. You know, CRTs are always an option if you're philanthropically inclined. You know, that will help charitable remainers and things like like that, help with some tax benefits and valuation. And there's so many other types of trust that can be set up. The key here is, I think, number one, making sure that you have some of the basics in life, will, living, will, power of attorney, you know, medical assistant kind of thing. I have all those boxes checked, so to speak. And then from there, take a look and say, okay, do I need a trust? And if so, why? What is the purpose? What's the reasoning behind it? Maybe it's asset protection, protecting it from lawsuits or other things like that. And maybe it's you know, just because you want to have certain directives wrapped around the trust, God forbid somebody gets a divorce or something like that happens. You want to kind of focus on that. The other thing you want to take a look at is how are my goals changing year in and year out? And that's when you really want to make sure that you have that well-rounded approach. We talk a lot about the fact that our firms, Wall Private Wealth and, and U.S. Private Wealth, we essentially operate as a kind of a multifamily office for the families that we work with. So what does that mean? Well, that means families come in and they have questions about this and this and this, whether it's investments or legal or tax or whatever. And even though we may not be like, I'm not a CPA. Now I do have a, I'm a certified tax coach, so we can do advanced tax planning, right? I'm not an attorney, so I can't set up trusts. I can't set up wills, but we've been involved in that process lots. We've worked with attorneys over the years lots. So we're literally helping the client look at every aspect of their financial situation, not just protecting the wealth, not just growing the wealth, not just reducing taxes on the wealth and ensuring what the best structure is as far as investments for them to help them achieve their goals, but also to take a look at what are some of the other outliers that we need to pay attention to. And what you hit on there is probably a checklist when somebody wants to sit down and interview a financial advisor. Are you going to talk to me only about investing? Yeah. Are you going to talk to me about protecting my money? Are you going to talk to me about legacy planning, tax planning? If if that financial advisor has a team of people that they work with, whether yeah. they are that person or not, yeah. if they have a team of people, I would think that that would be a person you could look at very closely. Yeah, I think so. And that's important. Now, just because somebody has a team of folks, again, it still doesn't mean that, okay, they got a team that's good, but maybe their investing philosophy doesn't align with okay. what you want. Mm -hmm. And so those are really important things. I mean, if you're in a situation where you're kind of just all in the market and you're, you know, in a place where you're Wall Street only focused, if you will, 
uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the best process in retirement. You know, you've got to think of things differently. You face things as you're moving into retirement or when you retire from your job or sell a company, whatever it may be. The things that work for you while you are working actually work against you when you retired. So, yes, a team is one thing that you want to look for, but you also want to take a look at what is the philosophy mm -hmm. and how does that line up with me? Are they advising me to take more risk than I need, per se? You know, I've had folks that have said to me before they've moved assets to our firm from other firm, other large firms. And then some of the question is, is they're asking what else can we invest in other than just market driven investments, stocks, bonds, et cetera, mutual funds. And the answer was, well, we can just diversify and reduce risk and have a little bit more bonds, a little less this, maybe we do some secured notes, do some other things. In other words, they're all kind of in the same camp instead of saying, Okay, there are some things that are completely different that can still give us opportunity. So you have to make sure that investment and philosophy lines up. But at the end of the day, the key here to this conversation is really saying, make sure that you are taking the steps, even though this is a lot of times on the back burner, it's the last thing you want to do. Take some steps, take some time to ensure that your legacy plan is set up. If you have questions about what that looks like, what are some things that you may need? Not everybody out there needs a trust, as I've mentioned before. Sometimes folks do. Sometimes they don't. It just depends on what their financial situation looks like, where their investments are allocated. You know, an IRA is an example, Randy. When someone passes away with an IRA, that already supersedes probate, mm -hmm. meaning it does not go through probate, which is the potential to be up to a two and a half year process of facilitating, you know, where is this asset to go? So an IRA already does that. Some annuity contracts already do that. There's other contracts where, you know, if you own real estate as an example, there's step-up basis. The stocks have stepped-up basis and things like that. Now that's in valuation. That doesn't necessarily mean they should or should not be in a trust. It's just you want to make sure that the accounts that you have and the desires that you have, here's the point to that all, all line up with what you specifically are trying to achieve. Don't just take a boilerplate thought process because you read an article or you heard somebody say something, even went to a seminar, an educational workshop, and somebody said, hey, you need to do this without really understanding your situation. It's like doing a haircut through the phone. It's probably not going to come out so well, right? Probably not. You want to press pause, take time, go to the barber chair, go to the salon, let them look at your head, let them look at how you got to cut, and let them sculpt or craft or, you know, whatever your styles for you specifically. And that's what you need to do. So if you got questions about what that looks like, legacy planning, what should you do? How does that work? Head over to leanonthewall.com, reach out to our team. As you scroll, when you're on that site, you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a little link that says request my review. You can just click on that and that'll give you the ability to send an email out to our team and just say, hey, I got a question about setting up legacy planning. I'm not sure what I got going on, if I have the right things set up. And obviously if you qualify, our minimum at our firms is a million, private wealth is 25 million, and our pro athlete division is a growing division as well. If you qualify for any of those three divisions, you feel free to reach out to us and we'll be happy to have one of our team members sit down, have some conversation and talk through what you're currently doing and how you might be able to improve your situation. As always, we like to end the show with the fact that we want to challenge you to be thinking about, on a regular basis, living on purpose so you can live with purpose. Make sure you take a moment and share this show with someone that needs to hear it. If you're younger and your parents are like, I hope they got stuff set up, but I'm not sure... Share this show with them and uh, help them in this tech world. Help them say, hey, mom, dad, Christmas time's coming up. Here's what we do. Here's how you can listen to this podcast. Here's how you can subscribe to make sure you can listen to this information and get all your ducks in a row. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next show.
Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of U.S. Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please contact his office. Wall Private Wealth, Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN license number 733 00010.